through intermittent fasting, you trained your body to use that stored energy because a lot of us, a lot of us out there, the reason we're having issues with weight is because we have, our bodies have now been trained to not use the stored energy. This yeah. is why like, because technically if you're overweight and you're, you should be able to use the fat stores you have. We all have fat stores. I mean, that's human and natural and necessary, but some of us have more than others. And so it's argued sometimes that when we have a lot of fat stores, it's like, well, why is that person still getting hungry? Because technically their body should be able to use all that excess energy that they have stored, but they still get hungry. And it's yeah. because their body hasn't been trained or needs to be retrained to access the extra stores of energy. So when you did your intermittent fasting, you had trained your body to go in there and get the fat. And Welcome everyone to our episode 93 of our podcast, Cultivating a New Generation. In today's episode, I have an honored guest, Yelena Shah, and we are going to talk about breaking up with chronic diseases, a holistic approach to reversing chronic disease. So as you know, it is a very interesting topic. We are going to touch a lot of um, imbalances that we have in our health, and we are going to figure out how to help you with the practical tips and holistic approach. So I'm going to introduce uh, formally the Jelena, she is a doctor, a seasoned clinical pharmacist, and holistic health coach dedicated to helping people achieve happiness and wellness. With over 15 years of experience in healthcare, Jelena takes a unique approach to managing health, weight, and chronic diseases. Jelena understands that true health is not just about managing medications and health risks associated with obesity and chronic illness. She also recognizes the importance of addressing the root causes of these conditions by tending to the emotional and mental aspects of the disease. Her approach has helped numerous patients achieve their weight loss goals, reduce their medication intake, and reverse chronic illnesses like type 2 diabetes. If you are looking for your sweetest life, through holistic health, Yelena is your go-to person. Visit her website and all of her uh, social platforms at um, yelinashaconsulting.com to schedule a healthy hero consult and take the first step towards a happier and healthier you. We're going to post all the uh, links at the end of the, of the episode, of course, and at the uh, description. So thank you, Jelena. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you in this podcast. I'm so excited to be here, David. Thank you so much for having me. I'm talking <laughs> about my favorite thing ever, reversing chronic diseases and getting people off of medications. It's like my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So, well, my first question for all the guests is, how did you arrive into this world of holistic health. Oh my gosh. Right. So, you know, it started with my own health journey. I actually was 65 pounds heavier. And okay. so it was just a significant weight difference. And 
my dad has type two diabetes, which is a chronic disease. I have family members with type two diabetes, like many uncles, and he even had an uncle pass away due to complications from type two diabetes. So my story is I went into the doctor's office and she is looking at her chart and she's looking, it's my chart. She comes in and she's shaking her head and she finally looks up at me and she said, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when you are going to have diabetes. Mm -hmm. And I remember in that moment, like my heart like dropped into my stomach. Mm -hmm. It's like, I felt completely overwhelmed and I felt guilty and I felt ashamed because I knew I wasn't treating my body the way I should. I wasn't eating the foods the way I should. I wasn't working out the way I should, but I had no idea that I was on my way to having like a chronic disease, like type two diabetes. And so the only advice she gave me was like, eat healthier and exercise more. And then she sent me out the door. And yeah. so, you know, I went online and I, I like to call it Dr. Google. And I went online to Dr. Google and I looked up like, how do I eat healthy? And like, yeah. what I found was a low fat, low calorie diet which was fine at the time. I lost some weight, but at one point I was only eating 1200 calories, which isn't a lot. And I was working out one or two hours every day almost. Mm -hmm. And I was still overweight. So at least when I went to the doctor the first time, I was fat, but I was full. And now I was overweight and still, I mean, now I'm starving. And so for me, I felt like I was suffering. I, I had so much mind chatter because all I thought about all day long was like food and like if I could work out or not work out and what happens when I go to lunch, like what can I eat? And, and all day, every day, there was so much chatter until I met another friend who had also lost 60 pounds. And it was through her um, help that I understood that it wasn't about strenuous exercise. It's not about fad diets. It's not about calories not about depriving yourself, mm -hmm. but health can come from a place of feeling empowered and liberated. And mm -hmm. so I lost the weight through approaching my body differently, looking at it, like looking at the biology, then doing the lifestyle changes. And then to keep the weight off, I, I did a lot of behavior pattern modifications. I did a lot of mindset work so that I would keep mm -hmm. myself on this path and I've kept the weight off for years and now I'm helping anybody that needs help. Yeah, I love I love the way that you mentioned that it is more about changing lifestyle and changing the mindset. I yes. think that also those two things are extremely important into understanding what is happening with you. And, and I agree that many uh, physicians are just very narrow mind in and they don't even look at you, as you mentioned. They they are just looking to the symptoms or things, <laughs> and they just tell you, "Well, you have to take this and eat yeah. better." That's yes. my advice. That's yeah. why we study fifteen years. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like they just send you out the door, and you're like, "What do I do with this? Like, yeah. what if I want to fix this?" and it's for those people that I want to be there to help because I was really confused. I was, and I was ashamed and I was embarrassed because I was like, how did I get myself in this position? Like we, we want to think that we are trying to take care of ourselves, but we sometimes forget that like, maybe we don't know how, or we weren't, it's not like this was taught to me by, you know, 
my not because my parents meant anything bad, but they didn't know. They did the best yeah. they could. And what we were being taught in mainstream media as like what's healthy, we all have good intentions, but sometimes we don't understand what this food's actually doing to our bodies. So lucky, luckily I've done all the research. I did all the, I, I did all the trial and error and I figured it out. So I started yeah. teaching people I was working with, um, cause I specialized with people with type two diabetes. So mm-hmm. initially as a pharmacist. People would come to me because the doctors would send them to me because they're like, you need to, you need to fix their insulin dosing. Mm. And then I was getting them off their insulin because (laughs) when I started to teach people what was happening inside their body and then teach people that we have to pay attention to our, to our social factors, our psychological factors, our mental factors, our spiritual or spirituality also plays all into this, Mm. like into our whole body. Then people started to make these beautiful shifts where they were losing 30 or 40 pounds, reversing their diabetes, getting off their medications. So I, after seeing that, I'm like, I have to help as many people as I can. Yeah, I I completely resonate with that because, well, I am a biochemist as a major. So, and I taught a lot of uh, nutritionists and and physicians, biochemistry and, and explaining all the pathways and the things that happen is just mind blowing for them, for the ones that are interested, of course, because many sadly are not, and they are just uh, trying to pass the subject and that's it. <laughs> and But when you realize what happens inside of you and how emotions, the stress, and all of those things, as you mentioned, the social network that we have impacts many of these uh, um, hormones, that control hunger yes. and that control insulin mm-hmm. or that that's when you open your eyes and you see that it's not just the food it's not just exercising it's not just the simple things that they want us to believe and as you mentioned mainstream media is just trying to um, deceive us with these healthy options that are labeled Yes. And all over the label, you can find a lot of sugars, a lot of things that are not good, no? And chemicals, yes. Yeah. That, what do you think about that, about those oh. healthy options? As, as a bio, you know, a fellow biochemist myself, yeah, my major yeah. was also biochemistry. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, you're, you're a kindred spirit to me. I am mortified sometimes by the things that people are eating, which isn't real food. I, I really have this belief that if you, your food should be one or two steps away from how it originally was. Yeah. So, you know, if your food is more than a couple steps away from how it originally looked, it's too processed, in my opinion. They've done too much to it. So, because a box of cereal doesn't grow out of the ground, you know? And, no. and <laughs> so it makes me wonder, like, what did they do to this? And yeah. um, I even, I had a client the other day and he was eating keto bread, keto friendly bread. Mm. <laughs> now the premise of the keto diet, right? Is you're not supposed to have any wheat. And if you don't know, you're not supposed to have any wheat. Yeah. And it's very specific about carbohydrates. And so the appeal of a, of a keto bread is that it's supposed to be lower in carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. But when I asked my client, I said, listen, can you just like, can you pull that out of the out of the pantry and let me know what is the ingredient on there and he was like 
modified wheat starch. And I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not keto. Yeah. <laughs> that's already not keto. Wheat. Yeah. Wheat wheat. Not, yeah. <laughs> wheat and starch are two things that aren't really promoted in keto. So I'm like, what are we eating? And why are we eating modified wheat? Like, what did they do to modify it? Like, I'm concerned, like, eat real yes. bread. You're going to eat the bread, eat real bread. But uh, yeah, because it's interesting, right? Like all this stuff that they put in there and they engineer things to hijack your taste buds, to mm-hmm. hijack your brain. Like yeah. we really do. And I, I don't know about you, but like, I think this is everybody. When they put bread on the table, like warm bread on the table yeah. and you put the butter on there and then you put it in your mouth. You know how your my mouth's already watering. You know how like you just like for a moment, like you feel so like your whole body feels so good. It feels euphoric. It feels like bliss. But yeah. that's because we're we're we have a chemical in our brain called dopamine, which is a pleasure hormone. So it's getting released. So these food companies know all about that. So, you know, we can't put it past them that when they're figuring out the science of food that they're using it to their advantage to sell more you yeah know? exactly I um and you're not safe no matter like even if you're vegan or whatever I just read this article today David they're doing plant-based Reese's peanut butter oh. cups. you know those candies uh, <laughs> listen don't get me wrong I love a Reese's cup yeah. I do everyone you know you have to indulge every once in a while but it's funny because people that were vegan before couldn't eat those foods. And I say this to say that like our food industry will change and adapt to what the masses are doing. So if most yeah. people are starting to eat plant-based, they will start to manipulate food to fit into plant-based. Like they're manipulating food to fit into keto because keto was popular. So we, as a, as a people really help dictate what food we are wanting to put into our bodies. So it's important Mm -hmm. for us to put our money to spend intentionally on, on foods because they'll cater these because they want to fill their pockets. They don't care about your waistline, you know, or your your arteries. And so, you know, because their, their sales are expected to go up by quite a bit when they sell these plant-based, you know, Reese's cups, but it's like a lot of times these people that are vegan, maybe they're eating more, at least back in the day, because vegan food wasn't as available. They were eating more from home. They were eating things that were closer to, you know, what looked like when, right, right. So where yeah. I'm going, you, you get where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, completely. And and I, I totally agree. And I, I'm, I'm teaching my, my daughter to that she's just eight year old. And I try to teach her to read the labels, even though she doesn't understand some of the things that are there. I try to explain her as much as possible what is those kind of chemicals. And I just tell her, well, this is just another name for sugar. Yes. But they just disguise it with a chemical Mm -hmm. fancy term so that they can confuse people or just, it is a synthetic artificial sweetener yes those are the worst I think I agree with you completely 
what it does, it's so interesting what it does, because a lot of people are not aware that when you eat the fake sugar, there's a couple of things that go on that is so problematic. Like some of my patients with, with diabetes, for example, they would eat the fake sugar thinking that their blood sugars would stay down because it's not real sugar, but their blood sugars would spike and they couldn't understand why. And, and I explained to them, your taste buds, the minute they, they taste the sugar, it sends yeah. your brain sends a signal to your stomach like, hey, sugar's coming down. We're getting fed. And then when your stomach is like, OK, we're waiting and the fake sugar yeah. comes down, it's like we didn't get any sugar. So then it sends a signal back up to the brain and the brain's like, wait, we didn't get any sugar. And so then it tells your body, hey, you, we didn't get any sugar. We need you to send more food down. So people tend to get overweight because then they tend to overeat because they thought they got something that they didn't. Yeah. And there's neurotoxins, like it can kill some of these, like these little transmitters in our brain on top of it. Like, listen, I don't need anything extra to help me not be able to function or feel foggy brain. Like, so I, st I, I was drinking diet soda all the time and then I stopped and I actually lost five or 10 pounds just from doing that. Yeah, and it is just 1,000 or 5,000 times more sweet or sweeter than than the regular sugar. So, yes. and what happens also in, in the body, and I and I also just explained this to, to some of my friends, is that the, not only your brain detects that, that this is not real sugar, but your cells are detecting through another uh, receptor yes. in the membrane that is becoming activated and that is very, very close to the one of the transporters of sugar. Yes. That there is an artificial um, sweetener and it attaches to the, to the receptor and it activates indirectly the GLUT receptor of sugar, of glucose, so then it opens the channel, glucose goes in, and you feel that you are you are needing more sugar. Yes. So you are having an, a hypoglycemic shock mm -hmm. because of that artificial sweetener uh, yes. binding to the receptor. So that's amazing for for how do they perform these disguises and how it affects our own hormones. No? Yes. You know, I with like I it took me years to figure this out because like I was on this journey to lose weight to get healthy because I didn't want diabetes. Mm -hmm. And it took me years to figure out that it's all weight loss has everything to do with your hormones. And the food is a part of it, but not in the way that we think. It's not the calories in, calories out. The food, it it helps your hormones change the way they function. And I think that's the key. And that's the piece that's missing is we think it's like, well, if I go run for two miles, then that cookie I ate is like going to be, and it's like, it doesn't work that way. Anybody that's counted calories, like I have, like, will understand it's like, no, I literally doesn't matter how many calories I eat or how I eat way more calories now. And this is the, like, I'm way thinner than I was years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. It is just amazing. And so what, how do you start approaching um, your patients in terms of, of finding this root cause and oh. trying to help them understand that it, that it is not the, 
simplest thing of food and exercise, but yes. it is something else. How do you approach them? It's such a great question. You know, I start first with, because I, I think it's important to know the biology of how our body works. And because yeah. the, the scientist in me cannot help it, knowing that piece first, I think it, it helps us understand why why when we eat certain foods, it has a certain effect. And then we can make an informed decision because a lot of times we try to start with lifestyle and exercise because that's what the doctor leaves us with, right? The doctor tells you, go eat healthier, go work out more. <laughs> and we're doing it, but we don't know why or wh what it's doing to the body. But if we understand what the food is doing, we can automatically internally make different decisions. Cause we're like, Oh, do I really want to eat that? Cause I know that's going to cause my insulin to go up. And so some people make different choices based off of that. So that's the first place I start. And I, we eventually, we talk about sometimes this was my issue. So I relate to this often, but I always bring up like, are you really hungry? Because a lot of us will choose to eat as a coping mechanism. Sometimes we don't want to face our feelings or we've been taught at a very young age when I used to go to the doctor I remember like if you got a shot you didn't get a sticker you got a lollipop you mm. got sugar yeah and so I, this is totally aging me but like this is, this <laughs> is the stuff that we you know we even as a small kid sometimes we were trained like and because this is where the cultural component and the social component because a lot of us I don't know anyone that doesn't celebrate using food. I don't know any culture that doesn't celebrate with food. I, I really don't. If you know one, please let me know. But I, I think mm -hmm. most of us, that's one way we all connect is through food. And so it's yeah. important to have an understanding of what our own personal triggers are, what our own obstacles are. And it's unique for every person. But part of it's like, are you using food to, to cope with things? Are we, you know, when we're celebrating, are we really there for the food? Are we there for the connection? And just kind of reframing the way that we, we do sometimes social events, like, or does it have to be like, can we think of other ways that we can meet our friends? Maybe it's not happy hour, maybe it's a walk, or maybe it is happy hour, but I only have one drink instead of three, like, and I have some water in between because I'm only there to laugh and have a good time. Like, it's interesting, right? Like when we start to reframe and look at things differently. So that's, that ends up being the, the biggest thing is, for each person. Yeah, I, I agree also with that because I I practice uh, intermittent fasting. Yes. So I I usually have to adapt many times to what uh, to the schedules of people when I go into a social um well just gathering yeah. or I just do what what you are saying. I, I just drink water and I just say, well, I'm not hungry. I'm yeah. going to be hungry probably in three more hours or right now I I just don't want to eat. Yes. That's it. I, I can enjoy without eating. Yes. I can be talking with you. Yes. And I can be having the same fun without eating because I already have my meal. So that that's it. And you don't feel that anxious uh, anxiety though that leads you to to eat. And as you mentioned, Many times it's just recognizing, am I really hungry? Yes. Because I just ate two hours ago. And yes. 
we get so self-conscious. This is the one thing I think people, myself included, or people always do, right? Like they're like, well, if I'm, I'm going to go out and people are going to notice that I'm just eating a salad or they're going to notice that like, <laughs> oh, I'm not ordering dessert or they're going to know that I'm not drinking as much. And I always laugh because I say, you know, people we're, we all are all pretty self-centered. Like we're so self-absorbed. I'm like, no one's really going to notice. Like try just, I'm like, just try and see what happens. And then I had a, another client come up. She's like, no one even asked. And I was like, yeah, because people are so involved in their own self. A lot of them don't, it doesn't matter to them what you are doing and how, if you decide like, Hey, I'm not eating, you might have one or two people that are like, huh, that's interesting, but they'll forget about it very quickly afterwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And, and just, and this is just boundaries for, yes. for you and just trying to to be respected for what you believe in and what is good for you what is good for your body which is also going to regulate your own hormones yes yeah it's all about it's like having integrity with ourselves can we keep a promise to we are really good a lot of times to keep promises to other people but we're not great about keeping promises to ourselves And when we stand in integrity, like you're saying, like, I promise myself that I'm going to, you know, eat in a more clean way, or I'm going to do something. And then when you honor those promises, you rebuild the trust with yourself, which is a lot of times what some of my clients have to do is rebuild trust with themselves and the integrity with themselves. And and I think that this is just something that I think... uh, you are also applying with your with your patients that it is building these small pieces of habits that are just going to lead you to to live a life that resonates more with the future person that you want to be no yes oh my gosh yeah you you said that so beautifully yes that's exactly it like I am not a big fan of changing a bunch of things at once. A lot of times with my clients, the very first week, I'm like, I don't need you to change anything. I just want you to do everything exactly the same. And so it's so funny. They're like, well, I thought this is, I'm like, this isn't like your regular program. Like, I want to know exactly how you're functioning now. And then we make small changes. We'll start with dinner. And then it's, and then we might move up to, but it's funny because the thing, the other thing is, is then. I talk is motivation is funny, right? We always think we have to be motivated first and then take action. But the truth is, it's actually the other way around. You take the action first and that leads to motivation because it's, it's when they start losing the weight that they're like, oh man, I really can do, I'm going to see, or when you start the intermittent fasting and you do it for 16 hours, you're like, I wonder if I can go to 17. And when you (laughs) see it, like, you know, you start to like, when you see the weight loss or when you start to feel a little better, you start to push yourself further after the action has been taken. So that's, I think people have that backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that is, that is really what, what happens that, People understand things the other way around just because the well the mainstream and the industry tries to um, create well creates a narrative that yeah. is motivation and then action and it is not that that way it is just doing these simple things like you mentioned probably sometimes it's just realizing how much you are eating. Because yes. when people start noticing 
and make a list of the things that you are eating. And doing that list is going to just uh, show them in front and making them witness how much food are they eating really. And they don't even notice that. No, no it's completely mindless or unintentional. Seriously, yeah. it's like with your intermittent fasting. I'm not sure if you, you, you have to ask yourself, how many times was I snacking? You yeah. know, right? Like you don't even realize how many times you might have been snacking until you take the time to not eat. Like when we have that period, you're like, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not going to eat this popcorn, but I used to eat it all the time. Or like we, we can adjust very easily, but a lot of us do things sometimes out of just we're mindless about it or not, we're not intentional. And sometimes part of it's shining a flashlight on that is like, do you really need this right now? Is this really helping or serving you? And, and also upgrading our own systems, just like a computer, just like a phone. I think every few years we should take inventory and upgrade old thoughts because some thoughts we have may no longer be serving us. And it is time to do a download and an upgrade. Like, so that's yeah. part of my, the other thing I like to go through is, are these thoughts still serving you? <laughs> yes. As you mentioned, this, this is just um, something that, that is very funny because I, I also had that shock when I just uh, turned into this intermittent fasting program mm -hmm. that I was just hung emotionally hungry yes. or just uh, how would I say program to be yes. hungry program to be hungry when in, when in fact my body right now just doesn't tolerate these snacks because if I eat it sometimes I have done it of course mm -hmm. I just don't feel good it, yeah. my, my stomach is already used to resting to yes. replenishing to that time because digestion takes a lot of time it, yes, it really does. And another piece of that is so many of us have become so far removed from our bodies. When yeah. we become intentional about feeling in our bodies, like that's the other thing I love to teach my clients is pay attention to how you feel after you eat a meal. Sometimes it's as simple as that, like two hours after there, there might be some people that are like, you know, I like I had a headache, I felt really sluggish. And I'm like, what did you eat? Because we're not we're so used to sometimes feeling a certain way or not paying attention. And these things are important to pay attention to. Like yeah. you, just like you said, now you're more attuned. Like you may not have noticed that before you were eating these snacks and your body was maybe feeling not as great. You just didn't notice. But now it's like, you really can tell a difference because you're more attuned with your body, which yeah. is amazing. Even, even something that I, I want to share that I, I did at a half marathon Wow. When when I was in this intermittent fasting and I had done it before when I was eating, I don't know, three, four meals or or more. Yeah. You know? And when I finished this half marathon before the intermittent fasting, I was completely depleted. I was really tired. Just the whole rest of the day, probably I had to rest. And when I did it with the new program with the intermittent fasting i just felt amazing i was I tired bet. but just in one hour two hours i was already again with energy wow so it's amazing because we just we don't do for our bodies 
we don't give our bodies credit. It it can no. like we store so much food. That's why people are o- overweight or obese. That is storing all that energy. But when yeah. you started intermittent fasting, you trained your body to use that stored energy because a lot of us, a lot of us out there, the reason we're having issues with weight is because we have our bodies have now been trained to not use the stored energy. This is why like, because technically if you're overweight and you're, you should be able to use the fat stores you have, we all have fat stores. I mean, that's human and natural and necessary, but some of us have more than others. And so it's argued sometimes that when we have a lot of fat stores, it's like, well, why is that person still getting hungry? Because technically their body should be able to use all that excess energy that they have stored, but they still get hungry. And it's because their body hasn't been trained or needs to be retrained to access the extra stores of energy. So when you did your intermittent fasting, you had trained your body to go in there and get the fat and utilize that. And that energy, I know it's like whole other level because it's it's so efficient and it does, you don't get the brain fog. That energy is, I don't yeah. even know, it's better than coffee sometimes. Like, I know, <laughs> when I, yeah when I started intermittent fasting for like longer periods of time, I'm like all of a sudden at four in the morning, I'm like wide awake. I'm like, how do I have this much energy? It's 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that that's always great, but I, it's interesting, right? Like how, how our body, once it starts to adapt and, and start to use the energy that's already in our body, how well it uses it. It's trained for that, but we have to sometimes retrain it to, to do that. Yes. And, um- and actually, it's also it's easier because you don't you don't lose time in eating so much, so yes. much. You yes. you really allow your hormones, your organs to have time during the day also to replenish, to repair, yes. and most of all, your immunity. That's what I have been also uh, promoting for many. Uh, people and clients that when you really uh, leave the digestion time to to work the amount of hours that it takes your immunity is new it is just ready to face any challenge and you don't get sick as before probably before you had uh, a flu or a cold every three months and yeah. once you start giving time to your body to replenish, to repair, mm-hmm. you will have probably one per year. Yes. And that's yeah. just something that could yeah. You also <laughs> save so much money. I mean, right now with if, if inflation and eggs and everything <laughs> costing so much money, like you save so much energy, money, time from not preparing food, from not having to do dishes, from not, for me, I was always thinking about my next meal before the first one had come, it wasn't until I had learned about, oh, okay, I need to give my body some breaks. So here's how I'm going to do that. That I was like, now I don't even worry about it. Like if I have to go out to dinner, I'm not worried that I'm going to gain two or three pounds. If I do go on vacation and I do gain some weight, I know I'm going to be able to lose it. Like that, that constant anxiety and the mind chatter, the energy I had invested in all of that has been removed and now I can invest it in things that are actually important to me, you know? So yeah, to your point, that's so true. Isn't it interesting how that works out? 
Yeah. How, what can you mention about the the seasons? The seasons that we live also with nature. For example, uh, spring and winter. That also our hormones and circadian rhythms change. Yes. So that's something that for me is is really uh, gives gives me a lot of curiosity because in winter most of the people, including the ones that that perform this fasting, gain weight, and this is normal. This is yeah. weight that is going to be used because we are facing cold. Right. You know, we have to give our, you know, we just have to give ourselves a break. I think yeah. we see so much stuff on social media and we have so many images thrown at us of like what's considered healthy and what's considered good. And really we should be the barometer of, of mm -hmm. what feels good for us. So, you know, it is interesting. Like the, you bring up the circadian rhythm, which is the internal clock that we have. And I, and I do think that we are meant to adjust and fluctuate. It is part of life. And we're going to run into times in our lives where you're going to be feasting more in times of your life where you may be fasting more and both have to be okay because it's, it's not going to be even all the time. It's like a seesaw. It's going to like go up and down depending on what's happening in your life. And the seasons are no different. Sometimes some people are a little more stressed out in the winter compared to the summer. And like, we have more time to be outside and more time to do things in the summer versus in the winter when it's cold and you don't really want to go for a walk with your dog because it's snowing. And <laughs> so I do think like part of the season stuff too is, is our, our bodies are, we like we have grocery stores now. So it's a little... It's a little hard because we it's kind of hard for our bodies because it used to be like in the spring, right? We would get all the fresh fruits and you would get all the juicy stuff, but now we get fruits and stuff all throughout the year, you know, yeah. where you wouldn't have them before. And it's not a bad thing, but it's just something to keep in mind that our bodies are, are going to react different as the seasons come and go because that's it's just set up just like our bodies actually burn more calories and our digestion works better midday versus um, like a lot of us are accustomed to having really big dinners. But like you were saying before, digestion takes a lot of effort. So when we eat earlier in the day, um, our insulin, which is one of our hormones, is actually more sensitive and it does a better job. And we actually burn more calories because of our body temperature in the day. It's able to burn off the calories easier versus when we eat late at night because our our insulin doesn't work as well as the day goes on after four o'clock it really takes a dive and so going back to the circadian rhythm it's just the natural rhythm of our body so this is why we want to make sure you try to pay attention and have a good relationship with your body and know like pay attention like am i actually hungry am i eating because i'm like emotionally hungry am i like and if you're not hungry, then don't eat. But it's it's all those little things like, am I full? Am I like still hungry? Am I, do I actually need, did I drink enough water to, you have to pay attention to all these little components. I mean, it becomes second nature after a while. Initially, it feels like a lot, but you know, how it is, like, you figure it out and then you're like, oh, okay. So. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it is just adjusting one thing at a time yes. and just taking, taking the pace to pick up the things because when I started this uh, fasting, I just did it 
half an hour uh, adjusting the time of my breakfast, for example, yeah. no? and then I change dinner and that's, I, I just leave it at 30 minutes uh, change yeah. and I just slowly um, vanish the, the the snacks <laughs> isn't it it's funny when we gradually do it it doesn't feel so it doesn't feel so hard yeah yeah and and that's the important thing about doing gradual steps it also makes it more sustainable I mean if you're a person who and we have to do things that make sense going back to the social and the psychological things like I can tell you all day long to have a bigger lunch but if you look forward to having family dinner each and every day, and you really just are set on like, I'm having dinner with my family, then, you know, it's okay to do your fasting or move your meal or have a bigger meal at dinner, but just understand that you, you'll want to make adjustments throughout the rest of the day. Like everything should be catered to the life you want to lead, the yeah. type of person you want to lead. I mean, earlier today, you, you had mentioned something about acting like your future self or something to that effect. And that's the biggest, I think, hack the biggest trick is to ask yourself like when we shift our identity that is when we have a true and lasting effect because if you believe you're a healthy person you're gonna start like it doesn't matter that you missed a workout or two you're gonna work out again because like well healthy me works out all the time and yeah. healthy me might miss a workout or two but she gets back on the treadmill or if you it's like if you think you're a charitable person you're going to be more likely to donate to a charity if that's how you identify. I am a very charitable person, so I'm going to donate more. So when we shift our identity, when we act as the, as the version of ourselves that we most want to be, then you will have sustainable changes. Yes, I totally agree because that is not, that is no longer part of, um, the description, the social media comparison, the demands of other people, and it is not just a trend. It is something that that resonates with you, that gives you peace of mind, that is not creating an anxiety or stress, which is going to give you also the weight, because yeah. under stress you are gaining weight. And, yes. and I think that finally we can round up with sleep, Oh, sleep yeah. oh yeah. my gosh. So many, it's the pre every, I, everyone's always like, Oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm like, okay, well that tells me how, how much you prioritize your sleep. <laughs> sleep is so nuts because it's probably the, the smallest change you can have that will make the biggest impact. You don't have to change even your diet or anything it, by just getting enough sleep. The domino effect of that is, is mind blowing. People, yeah. studies have shown that even four or five days with six or less hours of sleep can put you in a state of being pre-diabetic, which is like you, you don't have diabetes, but your blood sugars are high because your insulin, again, that hormone that gets released, it becomes less sensitive by 25 to 30% in just four to five days. So a quarter of its function is no longer good. So you think about it that way, and that's just four or five days with less sleep. People are not sleeping, you know, they're scrolling on technology, they're watching TV, they're doing all these things, and they're like, oh, I'll get to sleep later. And, and everyone knows that it's good for you, but it really has also impacts your hormones. Like 
you wake up in the morning and (laughs) yes, right. Foggy brain. And also what are you craving? You're probably craving donuts, bagels. You're craving all those foods that are fine, full of sugar because your brain and your body needs a quick burst of energy. So we are going to crave the foods that we normally would not crave if we had enough sleep. So that's one of the ways you can get rid of cravings. You're not going to have like chronic diseases, high blood pressure, all of these things, because we are giving our body time to rest. Also, even just 12 hours without food at night, um, what happens at night is our brain accumulates a bunch of toxins. So assuming that you don't eat at night and you sleep for eight hours during that time, what happens in that eight hour time period is it clears out all the toxins that have accumulated throughout the day in your brain. Like, cause our body needs time to rest and to be able to take out things that aren't serving us. And also it's like how we get memory helps our Mm -hmm. cognitive function helps us we don't have as many accidents happen because our coordination goes down you know you can't focus or think clearly when you haven't been sleeping you know you're it's it's interesting like our memory is affected because we don't have the time when we're laying there to download all the stuff that we input throughout the day yes yes it is something that many people don't realize that just one activity that is an activity first of all because many people don't consider sleep as an activity and it it needs your body is the activity that needs to have time to give you the best day in the morning if you don't do it it's like well try not working for a week yeah and then just tell me how are you going to support your family yeah. No. So your body needs the sleep in order yes. to give you all the ATP and energy and things and cleaning your brain. Yes. To give you that uh, performance. And that's something that I just recently um, listened to a, a guy that that is specialized in technology. And he there to to step into the realm of biology and telling people that he that people in according to your microbiome, you can just sleep four or five hours. And I oh. just said, that's not real. And when I researched this guy and 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 I just found out that he was more uh, specialized in technology and in buying companies and things. And I said, why are these kind of people that have power and credibility because they have money saying things in a field that is not their expertise and that they don't know anything and they just show something that people are going to believe. They are going to believe that because it is being uh, given by a person that has money mm-hmm. and power and it is respected in his field, mm-hmm. but it is not mixing things and trying to um, just tell people things that are not real because we we know that in spite of your microbiome that is also related to your sleep. Yes. You, you need that. You need the, the seven to nine hours. That's the most... Uh, or the longest research and proven 
uh, science that many, many specialists of sleep and of metabolism, yes, they, they have found that. So it is not just a uh, um, mainstream um, timeline. <laughs> no, and I, I have a, a feeling people who have not great microbiomes don't get a lot of sleep because that's influenced by the food we take too. So if, cause like a lot of times and it influences, again, if we're eating more highly processed foods or it's a cycle, if you aren't sleeping and then you're eating all this processed food or high sugary food, it affects the bacteria that's in your stomach and it's going to turn over to be more of that bad bacteria. And then I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is an association of people with less sleep and not a great microbiome in that sense, but because I do think it feeds into each other, kind of like what you were talking about, that there is a component, but to go around and say like, well, your microbiome determines how much sleep you have. It's, like, it's that's too simplistic. Like that's not how, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's, and it's, it's kind of, it's misguiding. And we, we as consumers, we as people that are receiving this information should question and continue to research things because sometimes the people that have the money and the power don't always have our best, like the rest of the general population's best interest at heart. I can't say that for like everyone. We just want to be mindful that some industries out there, like I know that they've infiltrated like guidelines for heart disease and for diabetes. Like I had a place I used to work at for people with diabetes. The last thing people with diabetes need is extra sugar because they have too much sugar in their system in the first place. So, but the place I was working at, one of the things they would tell nutrition wise is, well, you need to have low fat or no fat milk or dairy products. And why this is a problem is when we remove the fat from a product, the companies have to replace it with something because then you take all the taste out yeah. and then they put in extra sugar. Why would we advocate for our patients who already have high blood sugars to take a product which has been injected with additional sugar? Like that makes no sense. And we, you talked about hypoglycemia. One of the treatments for having really low blood sugars, less than 70, is non-fat milk, a whole glass of non-fat milk. So you can we can raise your sugars right away. Why are we having people drink that just as a part of their regular diet? Like, no, that's a remedy for when your sugars are too low. That should not be in your regular diet. So yeah, yeah. I agree. It's We need to pay attention and question some of these authorities um, and do our own research, especially if we're noticing, like for me, I wasn't losing any weight. And it made me wonder, like, is this information I'm getting right or wrong and it was wrong a lot of like we heard fats for a long time were the bad guy and it turns out no that's not fats actually don't make you fat it's actually the opposite like we need good fats in our body they taste mm -hmm. great and that's what helps keep our bodies functioning and our brains working really well so yes. it, is, it is amazing how um we can read our minds when we synchronize this dialogue into just being curious, being curious yes. is, is the most important things nowadays and more now because I, I notice that 
since the pandemic started and to this day, a lot of misinformation has yes. been streaming into this and mostly about health, of course. Yes. And that's why people now have to open more their eyes. And even if someone is saying things, just verify what people yes. are saying. And yes. That that's it. Don't don't believe everything, even everything that we are saying. Even everything we're saying, yeah. I, I am by no means, you know, I, I read a lot of stuff, but it's not the end all be all. And, yeah, of course. you know, it's, it is, and things, and that's the thing with science. I think people need to remember is we think science is a true science, like it's straightforward, but the truth is science is way more of an art. Yeah, It's true until it's not anymore. Changing. <laughs> it's true until someone comes along and proves that it's not true or that there's something deeper because we're always like, questioning and this is why we're always experimenting and there's like all these hypotheses and things are so different because we might think things are one way and we prove it to be that way until someone comes along and proves it differently so it's an art and there needs to be some grace and we're trying to figure things out it's not exact I think people think it's so precise and it's not precise yes yeah. and I and I think that with this we can just uh, wrap up the, the conversation because I think that what people have to understand is that there is no one big formula that will work for everyone and every single individual is, is a very specific case, is a very specific lifestyle and it has to do more with this holistic approach that you are mentioning. So how can you just uh, in an in an idea, just recommend people to understand about these chronic diseases and the root causes of them. You know, I think the root cause has a lot to do with understanding why we're participating in certain behaviors. So the root cause may be, maybe you're snacking. Maybe the root cause is you have a lot of emotional stuff that you are not wanting to come out. Maybe the root, the root cause is going to be individual to every person. Maybe something else is going on. And at the end of the day, it's a big question because the root cause is really dependent upon the person. And going back to what you were saying about us all being individuals, we are all unique and we are all special. And even though... We all are connected and we have a lot of similarities. Sometimes you can use other people's similarities to see if maybe something of that same nature is what's affecting you. And that's kind of what you kind of have to piece out to put the puzzle together for yourself. But, and that's where I can come in and help because mm -hmm. I have helped so many people. And when we identify your personal struggles or triggers, I can talk about, like, I've really streamlined because I've seen this so many times. I'm able to help people really streamline because they don't have to go through the trial and error I went through because I went through it myself. I've had hundreds of people go through instances themselves. So even though I haven't gone through it, I know probably someone who has, and we can piece together your perfect formula, your individualized, personalized formula to get to the root cause of what's you know, what may be causing your chronic disease or your weight gain or whatever it is that you're struggling or suffering with. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jelena, for enlightening uh, people 
to take a journey in their own lives and to just be curious, to embrace their emotions, to embrace their own nature and rhythms, and to discover that chronic disease is just uh, self-made. Yes. It is a, it is a decision of not caring for you that at some point in in time, whether the circumstances or the external environment uh, triggered you to go into that way, but it is something that can just reverse. Yes, can be healed. No? Yes, that's so beautifully said. Yes, I think <laughs> the pro chronic disease can be, you know, it, it can be a choice. We just don't know it is one until we are made aware. So yes, the more we raise this awareness, then it can be more of a choice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jelena. Thank you, everyone, for paying attention. And of course, we are interested in your opinion, in questions. And of course, we are going to leave you with the social networks of Jelena. Where can people find you and support you, Jelena? Oh, great. I'm at Jaylena Shaw Consulting on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I do TikToks. I'm I'm Dr. Sugar Bomb on TikTok. So you can find me there. I give little tips and tricks on there all the time. And my website's at www.jaylenashawconsulting.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. And we will listen to each other in our next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode and be part of a different community that is designed for conscious people who are interested in taking care of their health and discovering their inner power, helping to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality, visit www.davidortegab.com where you can find online deep programs, shorter courses for your company or a group of individuals, and receive personalized support in private consultations to balance the five pillars of your inner health.